Heavenly Father, I just thank you for another day. I thank you for inspiring all scripture by your Holy Spirit. Help us by your spirit to hear your holy word that we may be equipped for every good work. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 You know we're in this powerful book, The Power of the Holy Spirit in You, Understanding the Miraculous Power of God. And it's giving you a pretty good glimpse of the of the of God, the Holy Spirit working through the prophets. Now you've heard about Elijah and Elisha, Jonah and Amos, and today we're going to be talking about a couple more prophets. But we're going to start with Micah. In Hebrew, Micah's name means "Who is like God." Micah lived in Morasheth Gath which is a small village that is about 22 miles away from Jerusalem. Now, when I was reading it, the voice commentary says that Micah understood God's mind in ways that others did not. He was always very aware of his people and how they sinned against God. He prophesied the future destruction of Jerusalem and Samaria and their future restoration. And he rebuked the people of Judah for dishonesty and idolatry. So that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about going from judgment to restoration. Amen? Okay. The book of Micah also provides one of the most significant prophecies of Jesus Christ's birth in the Old Testament. The Holy Spirit through Micah brought forth the truth about our coming Savior, and this was about 700 years before he was born. Now here's some of the scriptures I want to give you. It's a few. It's not a whole lot. Micah 5 and 2 which is on page 1095 in the voice, Micah 4, 2 to 4, page 1094 in the voice. Okay. And you have Micah 6, 6 and 7, page 1096. Micah 7, 1819, page 1098. Malachi, 1 and 1, page 1133. Malachi, 3, 1 through 4, page 1135. And last, Acts, 1 and 8. Page 1327. Do you need me to go over anything? Everybody got it? Okay. All right. Micah 5 and 2 says, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, you are but a small Judean village, yet you will be the birthplace of my king, who is alive from everlasting ages past. Now, he also talks about being under the leadership of this King Jesus, also known as the Prince of Peace, who will have nations living together in peace and security, worshiping him in his kingdom. Micah 4, 2 and 4 says, people from many nations will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of Jacob's God. There he will teach us his ways and we will walk in his path. For the Lord's teaching will go out from Zion, 
His word will go out from Jerusalem. The Lord will meditate between peoples and will settle disputes between strong nations far away. They will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will no longer fight against nation, nor train for war anymore. Everyone will live in peace and prosperity, enjoying their own grapevines and fig trees, for there will be nothing to fear. The Lord of heaven's armies has made this promise. Although these events have not yet occurred, we can look forward to being a part of his kingdom when he who causes everything to be makes it so. Micah is very conscious of how his people have offended God and violated his covenant. He now sees Judah and Israel have neglected their, their devotion to God, and he gets a message from God to give to his people. The message was that God was about to do a new thing in Israel, which involved judgment. He made it very clear to the people that God was going to bring great judgment on them for their disobedience. Now, the Holy Spirit uses Micah to boldly inform the people that they will be judged for moving away from the acts of justice and mercy that God demands. A great deal of Micah's judgment against Israel and Judah involved the nation's injustice toward those who were poor, unjust business dealings, robbery, mistreatment of women and children, and a government that lived in luxury off of the hard work of its nation's people. Sound familiar? The judgment that God brings upon them is a real eye-opener. Read Michael for yourself. It's only seven chapters, but read it. It, will, it really will open your eyes. In the midst of all the evil that was going on, do you know they wanted to know what the Lord wanted them to do? So, Micah 6 and 7 says, What should I bring into the presence of the Eternal One to pay homage to the God Most High? Should I bring into his presence burnt offerings with your old calves to sacrifice? Would the Eternal be pleased by thousands of sacrificial lambs, by 10,000 swollen rivers of sweet olive oil? Should I offer my oldest son for my wrongdoing, the child of my body to cover the sins of my life? No, he has told you, mortals, what is good in his sight. What else does the eternal ask of you? But to live justly and to love kindness and to walk with your true God in all humility. It is important to note that even in the midst of judgment, the Holy Spirit also used Micah to give a word of hope to the people. He let them know that if they would turn back to God and faithfully serve him, he would not abandon them. God is a God of mercy. He's a God of forgiveness for those who return to him. God will restore you. As I always say, he is a repairer of the breach. A breach is something that is broken or torn or separated. So if there is ever a time when our relationship with God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is breached, upon repentance, we are restored and our lives can begin transformation by the power of the Holy Spirit. Micah 7, 18 and 19. Is there any other God like you who forgives evil and passes over the transgressions done by yours who remain? He does not hold on to his anger forever because he delights in showing love and kindness. He will take pity on us again, will tread our wrongdoing underfoot. He will cast our sins down to the bottom of the sea. 
That took me to Hebrews 8 and 12, which says, I will be merciful when they fail, and I will erase their sins and wicked acts out of my memory as though they had never existed. Wash clean, no residue. Amen? It is the love and the mercy of the Holy Spirit that eliminates all of our sins and gives us a fresh, brand new start. Amen. Amen. All right, moving on. We're now going to take a look at Malachi. Now, Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament, and he's the last of the minor prophets. And when we hear the term minor and major, it doesn't have anything to do with their importance. Because I always wanted to know, what is the major prophets, what's the minor? But it has nothing to do with their achievements or importance. Rather, it's just the length of their books. In comparison, the 12 minor prophets' books are relatively smaller than the books of the four major prophets. Malachi, whose name means my messenger, was also given a message by the Holy Spirit to take to the people. Now, Malachi came at a time when people were struggling to believe that God loved them. Okay? Now, Malachi 1 says, Here is the Lord's message to Israel, given through the prophet Malachi. I have loved you very deeply, says the Lord, but you retort. And they say, really? When was this? All right. And the Lord replies, I showed my love for you by loving your father Jacob. I didn't need to. I even rejected his very own brother Esau and destroyed Esau's mountains and inheritance to give it to the jackals of the desert. And if his descendants should say, we will rebuild the ruins, then the Lord Almighty will say, try to if you like, but I will destroy it again. For their country is named the land of wickedness. And their place and their people are called those whom God does not forgive. Oh, Israel, lift your eyes to see what God is doing all around the world. Then you will say, truly, the Lord's great power goes far beyond our borders. A son honors his father. A servant honors his master. I am your father and master, yet you don't honor me, oh priest, but you despise my name. When you offer polluted, oh, I'm sorry, who? Us, you say? When did we ever despise your name? When you offer polluted sacrifices on my altar, polluted sacrifices, when have we ever done anything like that? Every time you say, don't bother bringing anything very valuable to offer to God, you tell the people, lame animals are all right to offer to the altar of the Lord. Yes, even the sick and the blind ones. And you claim this is an evil? Try it on your governor sometime. Give him gifts like that and see how pleased he is. God have mercy on us, you recite. God be gracious to us. But when you bring that kind of gift, why should he show you any favor at all? Oh, to find one priest among you who would shut the doors and refuse this kind of sacrifice. I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord Almighty, and I will not accept your offering. But my name will be honored by the Gentiles from morning till night. All around the world, they will offer sweet incense and pure offerings in honor of my name. For my name shall be great among the nations, says the Lord Almighty. But you dishonor it, saying that my altar is not important, and encouraging people to bring cheap, sick animals to offer them to me. You say, oh, it's too difficult to serve the Lord and do what he asks. And you turn up your noses at the rules he has given you to obey. Think of it, stolen animals, lame and sick, as offerings to God. Should I accept such offerings as these, asked the Lord? Cursed is that man who promises a fine ram from his flock 
and substitute a sick one to sacrifice to God. For I am a great king, says the Lord Almighty, and my name is to be mightily revered among the Gentiles. All of Israel's faithlessness and corruption is brought before them. They were living adulterous lives, lying and stealing, oppressing the poor, not taking care of the widows and orphans, and they were having ungodly marriages, stealing tithes and offerings and giving sacrifices that were unacceptable. Malachi warned all the people that a day of judgment was coming and that God would bring swift destruction to everyone who transgressed the law. Yet the people were not left without hope. Malachi prophesied of God's judgment were accompanied by appeals for the people to be faithful and obedient. Malachi 3.7 says, return to me, and I will return to you. God does not change in his desire for humankind to seek him while he may be found. For even with all that, Malachi was certain that God had not left his people and that he would keep his covenant with them. We learn that God is patient with his people. And it gives us the opportunity to turn to him and renew our relationship. No matter what we do, God is there and ready to respond when we are willing to repent. He wants us to give him back his tithes, live with purity, and be obedient to his word. In response to our trust and faith in God, he will bless us in the ways that are best for each and every one of us. God's word, it's unchangeable. Sometimes we are tempted to rewrite the word of God to justify our actions and make ourselves more comfortable. But that is not what God wants us to do. There will be consequences when we choose to live according to man's choices over God's call for holiness or take advantage of other people. Hope is endless with God. He continues to forgive us and show mercy on us too. He wants us to learn from the past and make wiser choices. Only Jesus through the Holy Spirit can affect this great change in us. When we ask him to clean up our lives, he will do it. The book of Malachi, like Micah, speaks of the coming of Jesus. Micah, I'm sorry, Malachi 3, 1 and 4. Listen, I will send my messenger before me to prepare the way, and then the one you are looking for will come suddenly to his temple. The messenger of God's promises to bring you great joy. Yes, he's surely coming, says the Lord Almighty. But who can live when he appears? Who can endure his coming? For he is like a blazing fire, refining precious metal, and he can bleach the dirtiest garments. Like a refiner of silver, he will sit and closely watch as he and closely watch as the dross is burned away. He will purify the Levites, the ministers of God, refining them like gold or silver, so that they will do their work for God with pure heart then once more the Lord will enjoy the offerings brought to him by the people of Judah and Jerusalem as he did before. The Holy Spirit inspired Malachi to share a special promise. God would grant to those who would be faithful, obedient people, that their reward would be an eternal place in his kingdom. It is because of his mercies that you and I are not cut off, thrown away, or discarded. His remarkable love for mankind reaches to the very end of the earth. In God's word, we see how the prophets were chosen by God, filled with his spirit, and were assigned to give a message to his people. Today, we who are his chosen are also to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And our assignment is to go out and be effective witnesses and give the message of salvation to bring about transformation 
and reconciliation with the Father through Jesus to those who need it no matter where they are. Acts 1 and 8. Here's the knowledge you need. <clears throat> you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses first here in Jerusalem then beyond to Judea and Samaria and finally to the farthest parts of our earth so you know what we start right here at home this is our Jerusalem and then wherever else we go could be our Judea and Samaria and wherever we are in any part of the world God still wants us to be his witnesses. Amen? Amen? Father, we thank you. We thank you for your love that is constant, it's patient, long-suffering, and always unconditional. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that lives in us so that we can be used to do your will and walk in your ways of righteousness and truth. As we continue on this journey, and draw even closer to you. Help us to become sufficient in all things so that we can declare your goodness, glory, and power. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.